0: The book of Romans, as the young people are being dismissed, please go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 this morning. I'm so glad to be here, and I hope you are. Uh, I was excited, very excited, when I first stepped to up to the pulpit uh, this morning to welcome you, and I noticed the clock uh, said 10 a.m. Does that give me an extra hour or two to preach? Uh Well, I want you to know Mike Swaffer changed it very quickly, so now I'm looking at the correct time so uh but I'm glad that you remembered the time change. I hope most of you did and um and i how many of you hope that they uh, uh abolish that uh that whole time change thing? All right that's at least half of you but uh we'll just we'll just see what happens but nevertheless, I'm glad you're here. And those that uh were thinking you were coming to Sunday school this morning, I'm glad you're here too and uh but uh we're we're just grateful for God's provisions and his grace and uh just trusting the Lord to work we're uh you know we're we're in a place in our lives where we're just growing in the Lord, you know we're seeking his face you you didn't you didn't show up this morning by accident, you know I think upon that often you made a choice this morning. Uh, and some of you may be uh, young people. You say, well, I had to come. My parents make me come. Well, I want you to know that uh, the Lord has a reason for having you here. And um, and I hope that you'll just let God speak to your heart this morning and uh, that we'll rejoice uh, together. Uh, you know, I mentioned prayer for the fields of faith. One of the ways you can pray as well is that this weather system would, would just move past quickly. Uh, and even go south of us, uh, that because uh, you, you can kind of see it the way it's that's moving straight eastward. But it would be great if it moved southward, and we're just praying that. And if you would, uh, I think the the, uh, the the staff of the Fields of Faith, I think they're going to make a decision today at 2 p.m. about exactly what to do as far as whether what games they can have outside or whatever the case may be. And so pray for the Lord to give them wisdom as well. But I know it'll be a, a just a, a, a good event uh, where the gospel is being given and young people are being touched by by the power of God. And so let's, let's pray to that end. Romans chapter 8, if you'll find your place there. We're going to continue. We covered verse 1 a couple weeks ago on the wonderful truth of there being no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm thankful that since I got born again 21 years ago, I no longer for all eternity have the condemnation of God upon me. See, before I had had the wrath of God abiding on me. Uh that was what that's what God, John said in his gospel uh John chapter 3 verse 36 uh it says that uh he that believeth on the son uh, hath everlasting life but he that believeth not on the son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him but boy that moment when you were receiving Jesus as your savior that very moment you were passed from death Unto life. Life everlasting. Life that's full. And full of joy and peace. And full of power. As we walk with God. And that's where we are in Romans chapter 8. Ladies and gentlemen. God has walked us through this book. And and has taught us the blessings of justification. We learn that through the first first five chapters of Romans. The blessings of being saved. The fact of being saved. And then... Paul introduces Romans 6, 7, and 8. He introduces the subject of sanctification. Basically, that's a big word. It's a big word that simply means becoming more like Jesus. All right. So remember that sanctification is becoming more like Jesus. And I repeat that because it's important because justification is a one time event. The moment you receive Christ, you are justified for all eternity. That changes not. But then there is the process of continual, as long as you have breath as a Christian, there's a process called sanctification and that is where we find ourselves now as believers. We're growing in the Lord. We're becoming more like Jesus. And we learned in chapter 6 that how we identify with Christ through His crucifixion and his resurrection. Remember that we are in the likeness of his of his death, burial and resurrection. It just doesn't apply to my salvation, but it applies to my growth in the Lord. Why is that? Why is that the same? It's because I was saved by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I am sanctified. I am empowered daily, recognizing what God did on the cross for me, because the old man The old man that governed my life before I was saved, he died. He died with Christ. He was crucified. I am crucified with Christ. And so the old man died and he, he, his, his power died that has the, that had the rule over my life as a lost man. It law, he lost his power and I was given a, a new life. A brand new life, a new creation. And never be mistaken, folks, we didn't get a renewed life. It wasn't a uh, uh, just a renovation, if you will. It was totally replaced. You can't make the old man any better. He's wicked, he's sinful, and you just can't improve him. That's why he had to be crucified with Christ, and that's why the Holy Spirit moved in. And now I have a a new boss, as we learned in chapter 6. We are instruments and vessels. We are no longer the slaves to sin. We are now slaves to a righteous, just, and pure, and gracious, and benevolent master. His name is Jesus. That's why Paul in his letters, you will notice in several of them, he opened it up as a servant, a slave, a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. James said the same thing in his letter. We we understand that uh, that wonderful privilege of being a servant of the most high God, because mark it down, friend, everybody's a servant, everybody's a slave to someone. Or something. We make that choice. So Paul told us that we understand how that process works in chapter 6. And then chapter 7, we see that there is a, a dilemma, if you will. <laughs> there's, that, there, there, there's that, boy, that conflict. Because here we are as Christians, and as Paul said, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. He still struggled with sin. So how do we, how do we justify that? How do we reconcile that as being believers, but still struggling with sin? This is how we reconcile it. You got to understand that even though we became Christians at the day that you got born again, the old man, he lost his power to govern, but he did not lose his power to be in us because he's there. The old man is there. But what has changed in our lives is the Holy Spirit has moved in. And now we have a choice to make. As before, we didn't have a choice. When I was lost, the only choice I had was to obey my flesh. Why? Because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. God wasn't in me. So every decision I made in life was according to the flesh. And it it brought death. It brought death. Spiritual death in my life but now that i've been given the holy spirit we understand that's where paul has taken us from chapter 7 of seeing the conflict we got this law of sin and death and then we have the law of the spirit so in chapter 8 where we're about to dive into explains this how can we overcome this old man in us how can we live victoriously When we have the sin nature still there, when we have a world that we live in that opposes God, and of course an enemy, the wicked one, who opposes God, how can we live victoriously? Who's going to give us the power? Where is the source to walk victoriously as Jesus walked? One answer. The Holy Spirit. That's his name, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Chapter eight of Romans, we see his name listed no less than 19 times. He wasn't even mentioned in chapter seven. Chapter eight, we have no less than 18 times, and it is the emphasis of what the spirit of God does for us. And let me tell you something, Christian, you better get to know the Holy Spirit well. We need to know Him. We need to understand His life in us. He's your friend. He's your comforter. He's your guide. He's your teacher. He is to lead you. And because what He's going to do, He's producing the life of Christ in you. He's the only one. And so with the Lord's help this morning, I want to just speak a few moments and preach a few moments on the importance and the blessing of the liberating life of the Holy Spirit of God. Would you pray with me? Father, I, I confess to you, I have no power of my own this morning. I'm going to yield to you, Holy Spirit, because you're the teacher and you're going to point us to Jesus. Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for the hearers. I pray for those that are with us that are born again, your children. I pray they would be strengthened. I pray they would be confronted. I pray that they would be convinced. And then I pray for any of our friends among us, Lord, that have yet to be born again. They have no peace. They have no life. They have no idea where they will spend eternity. So, God, help them to understand that their decision needs to be To receive Jesus as Savior. Oh God, we pray for mercy. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The liberating life, or should I say in this context, the liberating law of the Spirit. That's the title of this morning's message if you're taking notes. The liberating law of the Spirit. Remember this statement with me. If you get anything, I hope you'll get this. The law of the Spirit is the life of Christ. The law of the Spirit is the life of Christ. Can you you say that with me, please? We're going to say it together. The law of the Spirit is the life of Christ. One more time. The law of the Spirit is the life of Christ. You see, that's the understanding we find here. Verse 1, we see there's no condemnation to those that are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives that, that, uh, that explanation that those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that's just simply a way of Paul saying those that have the Holy Spirit living in them. But notice verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me what? Free from the law of sin and death. So when I say the law of the Spirit, I'm using the terminology of the Word of God. And that word free hath made me free. Hence where we get our title, the liberating, the freeing, the freedom that we experience that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what that freedom is. Now get this. That freedom is now I can live the life of Jesus. As before I didn't have that freedom. I was in bondage to the, to the law, because of my sin in the flesh, I could not fulfill the law. It was always condemning me. I was always falling short. That's every human being. And it was always condemning me. Always condemning me. But when I got saved, that changed completely. Entirely. It changed. And I have not one ounce of condemnation upon my life because of Jesus Christ. Brethren, that is freeing. I don't make you fly high, brethren. I don't give you wings like you never thought you would have. It's liberating. Because it's not up to me anymore. I can't do it. And and, and God used the beautiful law, the holy law, the good law, the just law. He used his law to show me that. You see, the law is an illuminator. But the Spirit of God is a liberator. The law illumines me to understand who God is. I never can match up to him. I fall short to Him. And that's why Jesus had to come and fulfill the law. He came and He took on the likeness of flesh as we see there in your scripture in verse number five, excuse me, verse number three. He took on the likeness of flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. You see, Jesus Christ came and took sin on full force, head on. And he conquered it because he took on the likeness of flesh, just like you and me. But he was sinless, and then when he was nailed to the cross, he 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 conquered it. He conquered it, and he laid and as he, as he died. And, and don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. Liberal theologians, I don't care who they are, I don't care how many PhDs they have. Jesus died completely. His body was totally emptied of life. He laid in that cold tomb for three days, but on that third day, hallelujah, he arose. Thank God he arose and he gave us the victory over the Penalty of sin, which is the wrath of God. He received the wrath on His own. And my friends, if you're here today, I want to tell you, I love you. But I want to tell you something, God loves you more. And if you're here without Christ, God is saying the first step you need to make is to receive Him as your personal Savior. Because He took your wrath. And if you don't allow Jesus to take your wrath, you're going to face it for all eternity. And that scares me to death. I don't take any joy in saying that. I don't take any pleasure in telling anybody that. But i tell you what. I just want to tell people the truth. But Jesus died for the penalty of sin. But then we need to understand as Christians. Jesus also died to take away the power of sin. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because when He entered in. Now He's going to enable me to... Fulfill the law. Because Jesus is the only one that can fulfill the law. Does this make any sense to you? We can't fulfill the law in our own power. It'll just be straight up frustration for the rest of our lives if we try to match up to the law. Who can? Jesus can. That's why we understand He moved in through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved in. And guess what the Holy Spirit does? He produces the life of Jesus. And against such, there is no law. It's beautiful. We yield to the Holy Spirit's power. As a way of illustration... A vine does not produce grapes by an act of Congress. Where does it come from? It comes from the fruit of the vine's own life. You can't declare a law to give something life. It's only the life in itself. So righteous living, as we talk about Christians, which God does expect us to live righteously, but not in our own power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's it it cannot be produced by the demands of the law. But you know where it's produced is produced by the divine nature that has been placed in us called life. The life of God lives in me and lives in you as a believer. The life of God produces the fruit because he's the only one that can do it. The only one that can meet the standard of God is God himself. Therefore, I understand and should understand as a believer what Paul is teaching us here. That this great power and victory will come as we yield ourselves, as Romans 6 taught us, present ourselves to the work of God's Spirit so that He can freely live out the life of Jesus. You see, what the law was powerless to do, God has done Himself. And the Holy Spirit produces regulated action without any code. Why? Because He is the code. He is the code. He produces the life of Jesus. That's why Galatians told us, Paul told us, against such on the fruits of the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness... Goodness, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Because the life of Jesus fulfills it perfectly. And my life is no longer under condemnation. Because I've been saved. And I'm also to be yielding because the Spirit of God is going to produce as I yield to Him. That fruit that I just mentioned. The person of Christ. So, again... The law of the Spirit is what? We repeated it just a minute ago. The law of the Spirit is what? The life. The life of Christ. That's where we're going to get victory, brethren. I don't know, how many of you have already started planting flowers out there in your yard now? Anybody started planting flowers? Nobody? Come on out of 150 people nobody's planted any flowers yet okay we got one all right anybody else do we have another well it's probably a good idea cuz it's supposed to get below freezing for 3 days next week but i did plant some flowers recently and i did make sure they were freeze hardy so it's if as long as it doesn't get um uh below -20 i should be fine i, I, I don't think they would be fine. But anyway, you notice you'll go Lowe's is starting to stock up on them. But when you go and buy, walk through the garden area and, man, you're seeing all these beautiful flowers. I just, I just love flowers. I love plants. I just love the beauty of God's creation and just the variety that's there. I, I just love every part of that. Um, I even enjoy planting them. I like getting out there and digging. I had Chloe out there. It was so funny. I had Chloe out there helping me yesterday. And uh, you know she's 18 months, and uh, she can only do so much. But one thing she loved, and it wasn't really any help at all, but one thing she loved to do was she went over there and got the uh, the 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 soil, the uh, planter soil. I'm trying to think of the right name of it. Was the, the bag of plant potting soil? Thank you. I had a bag of potting soil to throw in there where I was planting these particular flowers, and she was going there and just getting handfuls and just holding it up in the air like it was victory and uh putting it down. She was having fun with it. And I don't even know why I was telling you that illustration, all right, but I I know oh yeah, planting flowers. So you notice in every flower there's a little tag. A little tag stuck down in there. And basically it gives you the the official name of the flower. But it also gives you some instructions. How to plant it. It gives you some instructions on how to keep it going. It gives you some instructions on what it needs. And it's very nice to have, you know, if you want to try to, you know, do the right thing and keep up with it and be understanding. Question, does that tag give that plant any power? It does not. It's It's good. It's right. It's just. But it doesn't give any power. The life is in the plant. The life is in the sun. The life is in the rain. Which comes from God alone. And my friends. The Christian life. Is the life of God alone. Me simply yielding as a vessel. As a channel. As an instrument. He produces that life. Now. I confess, I did put that little tag in there beside it, not thinking that it would help it grow. But if I ever forgot what kind of it was or what it needed, I can go look. <laughs> but the illustration for, for the purpose is to realize the law of God shows us, illuminates, shows us who we are, shows us who God is, shows us how far we come short. But then the Spirit of God is the one that comes in after salvation and fulfills that law perfectly. Perfectly as I yield to Him. And what we'll see as we get further in this study, where we get messed up is where we we stop yielding. We stop presenting ourselves to the Holy Spirit to live out His life through us daily. And you know what we do? We start listening to that old boss again called the flesh. We start letting him be the ruler again. And he's just a tyrant. He's mean and vicious and ugly. He's selfish. And all that he does is going to bring death. And we we get back to sometimes yielding to him. But God wants us to focus on being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Let me ask this question. Does Does the law of Moses bring freedom or bondage? Bondage. Notice with me, just flip back one page and notice chapter seven, verse six. Remember, we, we've studied through this and we, I preached through it, so I'm not going to preach it again, but just reference. Notice verse six, it says, but now we are delivered. That's set free from what? We've been set free from the law. OK, well, what does that mean? It says that being dead, we're in, we were held, we were in bondage. That we should serve in newness of spirit and not the oldness of the letter. Again, the problem was the flesh could not fulfill the law. So we were in bondage. Nothing wrong with the law. Nothing bad about the law. Don't ever talk bad about the law of God. The law is good. What what was bad is my sin nature. That could not fulfill the law. And so God made a way to set us free. The law showed us we were under condemnation. Sin caused death. I was a sinner by nature. I was a sinner by choice. And I was a sinner by practice. And it brought condemnation, bondage, and death. But Let me ask you this. Does the law of the Spirit bring freedom or bondage? Freedom. He brings freedom. Notice verse 2 of chapter 8 for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Jesus hath say those next three words made me free from the law of sin and death that is what the holy spirit does he frees us frees us to serve jesus fully Freely. Because when I was a lost man, I couldn't serve Jesus. If I tried to, it would be every bit in the flesh. It would be religious formality. And it scares me to death, brethren. Can I share my heart with you? It scares me to death to think of the hundreds and thousands and even millions of people that go to church every Sunday and maybe even more times than that. And they're doing it simply as a religious formality. There's no life. They're doing it in the flesh. They walk in condemned, they leave condemned. Because there's no life. It's only flesh. And people try to live out the life of Christ in the flesh. They try to go through formalities. But that's never going to work. It's got to be God's Spirit. And the only way that will happen is when you get born again. You become a brand new life. Everybody in this room ought to have two birthdays. You ought to have your physical birthday. Mine's July 2nd, 1980. And then I had a spiritual birthday. I don't know the date, but I know the year. And I know that's when I was born spiritually. I know the Holy Spirit moved in because of my faith in Christ. Not because of a religious formality. That's when life entered in. By the way, thank God He's not leaving He's not going to leave me. I grieve him and I quench him. I will admit that and confess that. But thank God, church, he will never leave. He took up residence in me. And he's there. He's there to say, Brinson, yield to me. Present your life to me. Stop trying to live this life. And there are two extremes that go against the liberty of the Christian life. There is the 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 license to sin. There's the people that say, "Hey, I am Christian. I can live the way I want to." And then you got the other side, as Brother John told us, you got the legalist that says you got to do this, 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 and this, and you got to keep up with that. And both are of the flesh because both are self focused. But you get right in the middle, and that's where we all should strive, is to be in that middle to where we are presenting our lives and ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God daily. Being fed by the Word of God daily. Yielded and empowered by His Spirit daily. Confessing sin daily, saying, Lord, You know I, I, I messed up today. I messed up this many times today. I messed up just now. And just keeping that renewed before the Lord and just allowing the vessel to be yielded. You say, you don't know my vessel, Pastor. I'm broken. I don't know who said it. I don't know if it's Agent Rogers, but God, mark this down. God rarely uses a vessel to the fullest unless it's first broken. God, see, we as humans, we go to the store, we look for things new on the shelf. We're gonna pay money for it, we look for new. If it's broken, we want a discount. But God's, God uses people that are broken. He, He, He didn't come for the, He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sick. Me. Me. He came from the brokenhearted. Me. Blind. Me. Feeble. Me. He came for those to show Himself strong. He can live through me. But He does require for us to be yielded, presented, and clean as as we confess our sin unto Him and allow His Spirit to rule and reign in our lives. Romans 8, 2, if I can give you a paraphrase, I love this. The Spirit of God showed me this in the study. And some of you, maybe all of you have already gotten this. But I'm a slow learner. But you know what happens when we get saved? The Holy Spirit moves in. And then we are able to do what we were originally created to do. Isn't that beautiful? See, when I, as a sin sinner, come to this world, I, I, I'm I'm separated from God because of my sin. I'm under condemnation. I can't I can't worship God. I can't enjoy God. I, I was a lost man. But when I got saved and believed in the gospel. The Spirit of God moved in. And you know what? I am now able to do what I was created to do in the beginning. Adam and Eve were created to, uh, to worship God and to enjoy Him forever. But now, hallelujah, now that I've received Christ, I'm able to do that again. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to have fellowship with God. You can have it right now, brethren. And I agree with you, it's going to be wonderful when we are delivered from the presence of sin. Because then the fellowship will be completely pure. Okay? Undefiled. There will be no interference. But even now, because of the Holy Spirit, I can have sweet communion and walk with God victoriously by yielding my life to Him. That's what you were created to do. That's what I was created to do. And until then, there may be some in this room, you will never have peace in your life. You will never experience true freedom. Now, I will say this. The devil, he's a good devil. And he has made some really good counterfeit. I mean, it almost looks like the real thing. For instance, drugs and alcohol. Immorality. Those things that will bring a quick pleasure, a quick fix. Making big money. Becoming rich. Whatever, you could fill in the line. There are some things out there that will bring maybe a temporary peace, maybe a temporary pleasure, and it almost looks like the real thing on the surface. But if you follow it to the end of its trail, it's death. It's death. There's no freedom there. He's a liar. But my friends, you get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's where life is. That's where it is. You can go through. I guess I could use this terminology, but we'll never go through hell as a believer. But sometimes when it feels like hell on earth. It feels like everything's going against you when it feels like everybody's against you. I'm telling you what, when you yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, you can still have that peace. That joy. That long suffering. He produces that. Not me. Not a drug. Not a bottle. Him. God producing God. God producing the life of God. I believe the Lord wants me to stop it right there. Would you pray with me?